We are diving into our second week of the series that could last forever. Who knows how long it's going to last? I'm making no promises. Um, but we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And we talked last week. If you weren't here last week, here's basically what we talked about last week. We talked about the importance of being teachable. Because a lot of times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, everybody has something that comes into your mind. For, you know, if, if you grew up, you know, I, I, I was talking to someone last week. They grew up where that was kind of like a subject that you just don't talk about. The Holy Spirit's weird, that stuff. Keep that for y'all. But then I also grew up, I grew up in some things that certain times I thought, man, that Holy Spirit scares me to death. I'm getting out of here. I mean, I, I've seen the extremes of both sides. And, and if we're not careful, we can, have, we can have mindsets and things that we have in our minds that limit us from even being open to learn. And so we talked about last week that uh, being teachable means you're humble. That you humble yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, teach me. The opposite of that is prideful. If you're prideful, pride comes before a fall. Why do people fall? Because they don't receive any kind of help or correction. Because they're prideful and they think they know everything. Um, we talked about um, if you're teachable, it means you can embrace correction. That means if God wants to correct something that you believe or something that you've seen, then as people that are teachable, we embrace that. The opposite of that is defensive. We get defensive. Well, that's not how it's supposed to be. It was never like that. This is how it always worked for me. And those are, those are things that not only do we talk about, but we also had to do an evaluation of where am I? And I'm going to tell you, even for me, last week, I had to wrestle with, you know what, there's times I don't embrace correction as much as I probably should. And it's not something that I intentionally try not to do, but sometimes we, we all still have this flesh side of us that doesn't want people to think we did something wrong or that we can't do something. And we have to humble ourselves before the Lord and allow the Lord to teach us and to help us. And then the other thing we talked about is a teachable people have a desire to grow and you're open to instruction. Proverbs is full of um, verses that talk about getting advice from other people, getting wise counsel. There's a multitude of counsel. There's wisdom in multitude of counsel. So we talked about those things last week just to prepare our hearts for what we're getting ready to dig into. So we're ready to dig into it. Y'all ready? All right, for the rest of you, just enjoy watching us do it then. <laughs> All right. Here's what we're going to talk about with the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts chapter 19, and I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. To you, but here's what it says. While Paulus was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? He asked them. No, they replied. Listen to this. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So here's what I here's why I'm, I, I brought that verse out. We're going to dig deeper into that later in this series. But I'm telling you, even as believers, there are believers that do not have an understanding of the Holy Spirit. These were believers, and there was something. Now, they ended up being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They ended up with seeing all these things take place, but here's the, here's the reality. At that moment, they didn't know, and there's a lot of believers today because of what they've seen or just lack of knowledge or fear do not embrace the work of the Holy Spirit or even open themselves up to understand who the Holy Spirit is, and so we want to we open that up. We want to be more aware of the Holy Spirit in our life. So for me, it was, it's almost like 
It's almost like, okay, God, I, I want to know. If there's things I don't know about the Holy Spirit, I want to know. I want to open myself up to not just what I grew up in, not just what I was taught, but what does the Word say? And I'm going to tell you right now, everybody hear this. Everything that I say every Sunday, you should get in the Word and line it up with Scripture. That's, that's your responsibility. Don't go to heaven and say, well, Scott said, because I'm human. And I'm going to do my best not to fail you and, and lead you down some crazy path. But if I ever miss it, I, I don't want that responsibility. Like, you, know, you ever follow somebody and you realize they don't know where they're going? You ever, you ever done that? You're in like, a, you're, in like <laughs> you're driving and it's like, we done been on this road three times. This is, how many times are you going to turn left? And then you realize they don't know where they're going. See, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want that pressure on me. I, I really understand the pressure and the responsibility I have as a pastor to hear from the Lord, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and to teach the Word. But also know that when, it, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, that if there's ever a time where I miss it or, or I'm off or whatever, which I hope and pray that I, that I don't, but if that happens, you still need to line things up with the Scripture because you need to believe it because you believe it. Because the word says it, not because a preacher says it. All right? So let's talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. So y'all ready? Here's the first thing I want you to know. The Holy Spirit's not weird. I'm just telling you, people are. So the stuff that you saw that was weird was people. And I tell you, some people can be weird without the Holy Spirit. Even without the Holy Spirit, they were already weird. And they just did weird stuff. There was things growing up that I saw that was very distracting, that was very out of order, that was very chaotic, and it was all in the name of the Holy Spirit. And here's one of the things the Lord told me or spoke to me as far as just in my studying time was there, there are things that the Holy Spirit does, and we got to be careful that we don't get into um, charismatic traditions, to where because of spirit-filled churches or a charismatic church or a Pentecostal church or all these things, that we don't judge and dog that stuff, but at the same time, that we don't just say, this is how it's always manifested, this is how it's going to manifest here. Because that's not, that's not it. It's not, it's not the thing. It's Him. It's the Holy Spirit that we want to understand. How it manifests in our life it's going to be different in different people, in different ways. And, and we can't limit the Holy Spirit to one thing. You know, I was praying with somebody one time, and uh, I was talking with someone one time, and we were in a, uh, a service thing, and they were, and, and listen, I'm, I'm all for amen. Okay, I, I, lo- I love that. People say amen. But there was one time where it was just like, amen, amen. I mean, all, the whole service. And I could be up there saying, Me, people are dying and going to hell. Amen. So be it. I'm like, that is not the proper place to even say amen. But it's just like we just get into tradition. We just get into doing things because we've always done things. And listen, that doesn't, listen, volume doesn't make you more spiritual. The louder you are, the more God is on you. That's not true. That's not true. There's times where you can speak, you can speak to a situation. I was in Nicaragua one time and there was a, um, we were in a prayer, we were in a church service, and this lady is on the ground shaking and banging her head against the floor, concrete floor, and she's hitting her head against it. And I was, we had a lot of youth on this trip, 
And I remember thinking, they're all looking at me like, uh. And the pastor was not present at that meeting. So no one was really doing anything. I don't know any Spanish, really. So I'm thinking, I don't even know how to communicate. But here's what I decided to do. I did know this. And listen, if, if this isn't correct, if you know Spanish, hopefully I'm not saying anything bad. But here's what I said. I said, in the nombre de Jesucristo, which I was trying to say in the name of Jesus, no mas, meaning no more. Because I could tell that there was demonic stuff. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening. But I knelt down, and I just leaned in her ear. I said, in the nombre de Jesucristo, no mas. That's all I did. I whispered. And she stopped. And she sat up. And she was a different person. I didn't have to scream. I didn't have to smack her. I didn't have to do anything. I just, I just spoke. See, the power is in the words, not the volume, not the posture, not the, it's the words. So we have to make sure that we don't get caught up in, oh, they're really screaming over there. That must be powerful. They're just whispering. That's not, you know, they need, they need the Holy Spirit. Listen, that's not it. We got to be careful how we judge and, and understand the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? So he's not, he's not weird. And there is the difference. See, the Holy Spirit is a, is a person. It's, it's he. We're going to talk about that. Okay? And, and we need to make sure that we don't get the Holy Spirit mixed up with other spirits. Or here's one of the spirits that's in the church. I'll just tell you, a religious spirit. And, and that's not the Holy Spirit. The religious spirit that says you have to da 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 You know, we get so judgmental and so critical of people. And so, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit loves people. Loves people. And we're going to talk about this probably next week, but people talk about the role of the Holy Spirit. Oh, he'll convict you of your sin. He'll, he'll be the first to tell you. And you know what? There's some truth in that, but we're going to dig a little bit deeper of what that really is. But he's not the kind of friend that just walks around telling you everything you're doing wrong. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that's pointing you to Jesus, telling you what's right and helping you. And we got to be open to say, Holy Spirit, I don't want the weird stuff. I want you. That's, I, just want, I just want whatever you have for me. And here's the promise, that you'll receive what he has for you when you're open to the Holy Spirit. So he's not weird. Have you ever met somebody, and when you first saw him, you thought, oh, boy, I can tell already they're a handful and then you met them, and you realized, oh, they're actually pretty nice. You ever, or opposite, you're like, I bet you those are the sweetest people ever. And you meet them, you're like, whoa, they got stuff. Either way. But here's what I'm saying. There's times where we can be, um, we can have our thoughts of something. But until we really get to know someone, we have no idea. When I was a youth pastor, I saw that all the time. I saw youth come into uh, to our youth group, and I would see people and leaders and other church people, oh, you better watch out. Look at them. That's trouble. Only to find out it wasn't trouble at all. Really good young people that love Jesus. Or some of them that were searching for something. And we got to, we got to, and the reason I'm saying that is because even, even with, Look, Chris and I talk about this, so I can say this, you know. But when Chris and I first met, we are extremely different. And we joke about that if we were just, 
in a building. We're not, like, if we're all together, there's a big party going on, and we're all just hanging out. Like, we wouldn't be like, hey, Chris, man, let's hang out. Like, and he wouldn't ask me to hang out. Like, we're completely different. But his first um, uh, perception or whatever of me and my per- first perception of him I don't think either one of us thought, you know, we're going to be good friends. I mean, and that's not a slam. There's nothing bad. We're just opposite. But you know what? You want to talk about one of the closest friends I have is this guy. Now, we, we work together, but we, do, we talk. We do life together. But if we just go on, our, you know, hey, he's different. I'm different. You know, he's very, like, detailed and He's, he thinks everything through, and I'm like, hey, let's try it. I just run, and then whatever happens, happens. But you know what? This is what happens with the Holy Spirit is we've seen things or heard things, and, and, and we've not opened ourselves up to really get to know, and we have thoughts and fears and concerns that once you, find, once you open yourself up to get to know the Holy Spirit, you're going to think, oh, it was nothing like that. Some people think you're going to be at Target and the Holy Spirit's going to make you grab a microphone and start saying crazy things and you're going to be out of control. Listen, that's not going to happen. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to scare you. He's the one to make everything. He wants to, well, we're going to talk about all he wants to do, but he's, he's there to reveal Jesus and reveal the Lord to you and, and give you guidance and, and truth. And he's there with you all the time. That's, that's, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. So he's not weird. He, he's a necessity. He's a necessity. It's, let me just tell you, it's important. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says this. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, this is Jesus talking, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised, which is the Holy Spirit. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The promise that Jesus said it, he said, listen, when I go, and he even said this, it's better that I go. It's better. Listen, trust me, y'all. I know y'all like me, but it's better I go so the Holy Spirit can come. It's better. You need the Holy Spirit. Before the, the... the thing happened where the, 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 the church gets, just really takes off. There was this place of the filling of the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit was alive even before Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit was doing things before Acts chapter 2. So, just, you know, Jesus walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did. And guess what? People were attracted to Jesus. So Jesus wasn't that person that everybody was saying, oh, he is weird. Did you see what he did? Oh, my God. It wasn't like that. Jesus walked in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he attracted people. Crowds followed Jesus. He didn't go pursue crowds. They followed him. They pursued him because his life was manifesting the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's how we got to recognize that it's important for us. Here's here's how Jesus um, did that. When Jesus came, he emptied himself. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 talks about when Jesus came, it says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. One translation says he emptied himself of his divine privileges, and he took the position of a slave and was born as a human being. In other words, he emptied himself of all the divine privileges and became human. 
He became human. So when you think about emptying yourself, let's say this, I have this water bottle. If I was to empty it, you know what that means? I pour it all out. He emptied himself of all of the um, divine nature that he had. All, he emptied himself of that, his divine privileges, and he came as a human. So as a human, you know what he needed? He needed to do what God's called him to do. And you know what part of that meant is he needed the Holy Spirit in his life. He needed the Holy Spirit in his life. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says this about Jesus. It says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus himself was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. So as a man, Jesus could do all the things he did because of the Spirit of God. Because of the Holy Spirit in his life. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. So therefore, that's a great example to us that if we want to do all the things that God has planned for us to do, which Ephesians 2.10 says he has things planned for us already in advance, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit to make it happen. Now here's where we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit is a person. In John chapter 14, 15, and 16, it's used almost 20 times the pronoun he referring to the Holy Spirit. Not it, but he. And we'll talk about this too, but the Holy Spirit is, is a person. There, the Holy Spirit has feelings. Did you know that? You could grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be resisted. The Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and those things that come from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is this, is this understanding that he is the God, part of the Godhead, but he is the one that's with us. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But look at these scriptures, John 14, verse 16 and 17. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is it's not an it. It's actually a person. It's actually God. He, the, as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're three in one. And I know that can be confusing. How can he be this and be this? And how can he be this and... You know what? And when you think about three in one, there's a scripture, and we'll read it later, but I'll just tell you now that you ever heard when Jesus talks about a, um, a woman will leave her father and mother and a husband leaves father and mother, the two become one. You know what? There's still two individuals, but yet they're one. Right? So when Patty and I, as, as a married couple before the Lord, we come to him. We are unified as one. However, we're still two. Does that make sense? Here's another thing that was kind of, and I hope this helps you too, but I was asking the Lord, Lord, I want to kind of demystify all of this so people just know. It's, it's, listen, to, I, am, I am more than just um, Pastor Scott. I am Pastor Scott. I am dad. I am husband. I have a lot of different areas where I'm, I'm dad. I'm, I'm, this is the role I'm in right now. When I'm talking to my son, I'm talking as a dad. I'm not talking as pastor. I don't tell my kids, you do what pastor says. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't, I don't do that at all. So, but I, I, I can function in different roles and still be the same person. And that's kind of how God is. God is the Father. And then there's Jesus. They're all three God. And they're all three individual, but they're all three one. 
And that's, that's the importance that we got to remember. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God. And he's with us. And he always will be with us. Verse 25 and 26 in the same chapter says, I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will, referring to the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. So it's, it's him. He will teach you. And he says, the Father says, I'm sending the helper, the advocate, the comforter. There's a lot of different words for that. And he is my representative. So he's, he's coming for me. And we'll talk about this in a second as well. John 15, 26. But I will send the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. John 16, verse 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, but if I do, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I go away, then, then I will send him to you. All right, so geez, this is where he says it. It's actually better for me to go. As much as they wanted Jesus to be there, he says, you have no idea. I have to go, and it'll be better for you. Better. And so this is the understanding that this is, we're talking about the Holy Spirit here. And then verse 12 and 13. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, and tell, and, uh, but, he, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Do you know the Holy Spirit, part of what the Holy Spirit does is reveal things to you that you don't know. And he can tell you about things in the future. The Lord spoke to me about Thrive before Thrive happened. Because he knew. You know, I want you to get ready. I've called you to Thrive. He gave me these words. Embrace, encourage, equip, and empower. That's what I've called you to do. Embrace people where they're at. Love people. Encourage them. Walk alongside of them. Equip them with the word. Teach them. And then empower them to go out and do the same thing to other people, to embrace people and encourage people and just be representatives of Jesus. The Holy Spirit knew all about this before I did. And part of the journey that I walked on was because of the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about this later too, but since we're here, and gifts of the Spirit that happened because there was two people that prophetically spoke a change in my life before the change happened. And that's what got me praying and opened up to it. Jerry Derman, a pastor, out of, I saw him, hadn't talked to him in a long time. He said, man, God's got a new season for you, a season of faithfulness and fruitfulness, and you need to get ready for it. And I said, all right, and I wrote it down. Two days later, I'm in a hotel. Nick Goff, who's a pastor as well, I hadn't seen him in a long time. He didn't know anything about this other conversation. And he comes up to me and he says, hey, I just got to tell you, man, God's got a plan for you, and it's it's." It's something new he's got for you, and it's a season of faithfulness and fruitfulness. The exact same words. Why? Because the Holy Spirit can speak through people to help you understand what God has for you. And that's how this church got started. So we, we don't want to shy away from the Holy Spirit, because here's the deal. If we shy away from the Holy Spirit, we're shying away from God. And, and we don't want to do that. We want to be open. God, whatever you have, I promise you, as the pastor of this church, I will be responsible 
to make sure we hear from the Lord. And it will not get crazy up here. Out of, out of line crazy, I mean. It just, it's not. It won't. We are going to embrace whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. But it will be the Holy Spirit. It, will, it, it, it won't be our emotionalism or our, our traditions. It will be, God, what do you have? Because even sometimes the emotion, emotion is a response to what the Spirit is doing. It's not all, the, the Spirit can do things. There's been times where the, um, well, I'll just tell you this. There was one time where the Holy Spirit was just, I was struggling. I was very insecure, struggling with this whole idea of what God was wanting me to do and, and um, feeling like I could do, that I, that I even was qualified to do what God wanted me to do. And I remember one day I was at this camp and I'm praying and, and I was just emotional because I felt the Lord just telling me, you're way better than you think. I, I chose you. I chose you. I want to use you. I see your heart for me. I see, and it was blessing me. And I felt just encouraged. And over to the side, there was a lady who was like, yeah, he's being set free as a major demonic. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm actually having a great conversation with the Lord. It's just there's emotion because of what he's saying. Just like, just like when you're, you know, when, when, when your kids come up and say, I love you, and that feeling you get, it's like, oh. Those, those are the kind of things. Sometimes we get too uh, ritualistic. You know, even in worship, I mean, your hands can be in the air and you're not worship. Because that's just a posture. It's the heart. Now, if your hands are just an example of where your heart is, you're worshiping. But you can be like this and not worship. I've done it. I've done it here. I told y'all. Hands are up, and I'm looking at a spider web hanging from the light. I'm like, how did we not get that? How can we not see that? Who's supposed to clean that up? Where did that come from? And then I realized, um, you're up there. You're like, Jesus, could you get that spider web down? Like, all of a sudden, my focus is gone. But my posture's the same. Because it's here. And that's how it is even with the things of God. It's here. The Holy Spirit lives within you. He's with you. And that's what we want to focus on. Not always the outward. It'll manifest in outward ways, but it's, it's here. All right? So the Holy Spirit's a person. We just read all these verses talking about that. Now, the Holy Spirit is also God. This is the part that I think we have to understand. Because there's something that makes this more important when we realize the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead that is with you. He's, the Holy Spirit is the one that's with you. Yet he's probably the most misunderstood, misquoted, misinterpreted of all the, the three. And yet he's the one that's with us every day. I'm thinking if, 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 if I have some other pastor friends... And of all the, you know, so maybe someone that spoke here one time or someone that you just knew that I knew. And y'all knew them way better and trusted them and thought, we don't really know him. And I'm the one that's with you every week. Be, that would be like, I don't understand. Like, how can you not? Like, I'm right here. Have you ever been told, I won't say by your spouse, but if the shoe fits, put it on. Have you ever heard your spouse say, you don't even know me? 
And I'm not saying that they were right. They could have just been frustrated. But bottom line, has you, or have you ever had a, a friend or something and, and you found something out about them that you never knew about? And see, for us, we have to think, all right, this is the part of the Godhead that is with us. We need to recognize him. We need to get to know him and not be afraid of him. Trust me, you need him. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You have him. But that doesn't mean you're accessing everything he has for you. So we need to open ourselves up to that. They're all three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're all three God, right? In Genesis 1.26, it says, God said this, let us make man in our image. Us. God is, there's three, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's three. Look at this verse. Um, Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits, that's where Jesus is, in the place of honor at God's right hand. So God is in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. So who's with you? The Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not, I'm not you know, some people will take this and just... When you say, well, Jesus is in my heart. He is not. It's the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm not, we're not into all that. I'm saying, they're all God. But the Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus said, I'm going. And, and guess who's coming? The Comforter's coming. The Helper that's going to be with you forever. And not just with you, but with all of you. Not just one person. He's with all of us. He's the Holy Spirit. Um, Acts chapter 7, verse 55. This is Stephen, and they're getting ready to stone Stephen. Okay, they're mad at him. He's been preaching. They don't like him. They're, they're getting ready to stone him. And here's what happens. Stephen, full of what? Or who? Full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen is full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with him. But he looks up into heaven, and he sees the glory of God, and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. So, God and Jesus are in heaven. Philip sees him. I mean, uh, Stephen sees him, but Stephen on earth is full of who? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, he looks up, he sees God the Father, he sees Jesus. The cool thing is Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father. On this one, instead of sitting, I think it was kind of like a standing ovation, like, so proud of you, Stephen. You stay strong, brother. And, but here's the thing, that's all, all three are mentioned. They're all three there in different roles, in different places, but they're all three there and they're all three God. Um, now go to John 14, verse 16 again. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate that will never leave you. Now, I just want to, I want to tell you something that I, that I found this week that just really helped me understand, and I'm going to take this over here real quick and write these two words. These are Greek words, so you Greekologists in here will know these, um, and don't think I'm this smart. I looked it up, um, but in, in studying this verse, in the Greek word, both of these mean, this is the Greek words for another, when it says, I will send you another helper. Or another advocate. These are the Greek words for that word 
another. Now, here's what it means. This is, this is pretty cool, all right? The first one, heteros, means it's another of a different kind. Alos means another of the same kind. So if you invite me to your house and you give me a piece of cake and I say, can I have another? What I'm saying is I want another of the same kind. But if you come to your house and you give me a piece of cake and I don't, and it, and I don't like it, it's got coconut in it, and I say, okay, could I have another dessert? And you give me, you know, strawberry shortcake, then that's still a dessert, but it's a different kind. You with me? So here's the cool thing. This, this isn't talking about some whole separate thing. Jesus, as part of God, Jesus as God is saying, I'm going to send you another one of the same. God is coming to you now in the Holy Spirit. It's not different. It's not against Jesus or different than Jesus. It's God, who Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. God the Father is God. They're all three in one. And he's saying, it's going to be, it's still, you're still going to have everything that you're having. The power, the strength, the, the miraculous, all that. Listen, it's the same. It's another of the same kind. You get what I'm saying? You following that a little bit? I don't know if that dessert analogy helped you, made you hungry maybe, but it helps you to know it's, it's giving you something, giving you another piece of something that's the same or giving you another something that's different. And this is the word that's used to say it's that of the same. So we need to know that God is still the same. And we get to still experience God the same way, but God sent us his representative in the Holy Spirit. And that's who... Are this who our connection is with. John 15, 26, we read this again. It talks about the advocate. But it says, the Father sends the advocate, my representative, the Holy Spirit. And then it says this, that he will teach you of things to come. Right? He will teach you. He will testify. This is what Jesus says. I'll send you an advocate, the Holy Spirit. He will come from the Father and testify about me. The Holy Spirit testifying about Jesus coming from the Father. They're all there. Here's another place where they all show up. Look at Matthew chapter 3. Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, Jesus came out of the water. Where's Jesus? He's in the water. He comes up out of the water. The heavens open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. Who was that? The Father. So Jesus is in the, he just was baptized. The Holy Spirit comes down. Listen, the Holy Spirit wasn't a dove, ascended like a dove. It wasn't like, hey, guys, it's me. It was just ascended like a dove, came on Jesus, and the Father in heaven spoke. This is my dearly beloved son. Listen, at that moment, up until that moment, Jesus was still Jesus, the son of God, all up to that moment. But after that moment, when he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit, came out in the power of the Spirit, 
and begin to do miracles. Begin to see things take place. Walked in a power and an anointing that was beyond anything of himself. It was the Holy Spirit that came on him that brought that stuff about. That's where all of the ministry. Listen, Jesus wasn't in kindergarten getting straight A's because he, he was using his powers to get all the answers and just know everything. He wasn't parting the water in his bathtub. Mom, check this out. Woo! You know, he was, his miracles came after the Holy Spirit came on him. That's when the power came as Jesus, as man. All right, you still with me? I know I'm going fast, but I'm trying to get this. Matthew 20, 18, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus is saying this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All three. All three. This is, the, this is, this is how we baptize people in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. <clears throat> there was a certain man named Ananias <clears throat> who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles claiming it was the full amount. He was supposed to bring everything. He only brought part of it. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and kept some of the money for yourself. Verse 4, the property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wish. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do, how could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us but to who? God. He says earlier, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. And then he's saying here, you're lying to God. Because the Holy Spirit is God. They're all, it's all God. You with me? Holy Spirit is God. I don't have this in your notes, but in Acts chapter 8, Philip gets spoken to by an angel. A few verses later, the Holy Spirit speaks to him. And he recognizes that as the Holy Spirit. So it's, there's places like that all through Scripture where the Holy Spirit is speaking. Actively speaking, there's a place in Acts where the Holy Spirit prevented Paul and Silas from going to the province of Asia. They said they were going, but the Holy Spirit prevented them. You spoke to them and said, no, don't go. That there's all these things where the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and helping us. And we need to understand that when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's God speaking. It is God speaking to us. So this is where we see all three of them. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. We'll see all three of them here too. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God and the fellowship of of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is how Paul closes out this letter. And he says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So this is, when you look at how, how all of this kind of started, it started with, one, the love of God. John three sixteen. God so, say it, loved God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus to die for us. Jesus came and he fulfilled. He fulfilled that. He died. He rose again. He took our sickness, our shame. He took all of that on the cross. He conquered death and hell, the grave. He conquered all of it. So we could have life. Started with God's love. Then because Jesus came and paid a price for us and took, took our punishment, what should have been ours, he took. So the grace we have because of Jesus is amazing. And I didn't say that on purpose for amazing grace, but it is amazing. It really is. 
And then it says this, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You know what fellowship is? Koinonia, it's gathering, it's connecting, it's community. It's all of that. We're supposed to be connecting and building community with the Holy Spirit and welcoming what he has for us. He's our helper. He's not our doer. He's our helper. He comes to help us fulfill all that God has for us. But it started with God through Jesus. And then now we have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do now? Now, check this out. The Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. And Jesus to the Father. So it's almost like this, you know, like if, if I was to talk to Chris and tell him to talk to one of his team members, and then his team member talks back to Chris, and then Chris talks back to me. It doesn't mean that no one can come to me. It just means it goes both ways. There's this, this channel that's, that's just smooth. So look at these last three scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says this. I want you to know... <clears throat> that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You know what draws us to be able to accept Jesus? is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us to Jesus. Right? Well, what does John 14, 6 say? It's on, it'll be on the screen here in just a second and you'll know. He says this, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So when the Holy Spirit takes us to Jesus, Jesus is our way. Because of Jesus, that's how we access the Father. Now we have the Holy Spirit speaks to us on behalf of the Father, and the Father speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has connected us to the Father through Jesus because of what Jesus did. There's still all three present. They're still all three there. And then it says, when, for Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, it says, If you declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You now have right standing with God. It's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, by opening, openly declaring your faith that you're saved. So if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus died and rose from the dead, we're saved. You know how that process started? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what draws us. There's an openness that we need. There's an awareness we need. But I'm telling you, if, if when we, as we dive into this, we need to recognize the Holy Spirit is God. It's, it's, he's God. And it's important for us to just open ourselves up to whatever God wants to speak to us. By the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. They're all, they're all three God. They're all three in one. But we need to know the God that is with us every day. We need to understand what, that he has so much for us that we've missed out on. And that he's our connection. And again, it's still God. Remember? It's, it's, it's the same. He's every bit God. We need to just open up and embrace anything that he has for us. I'm going to tell you this about the Holy Spirit because he represents God. He loves you. He loves you. And he wants to help you. He wants to help you with what you're walking through. 
He wants to help you with what you're facing. He wants to help you with future decisions. He's not there to make your life tough. He's there to help you experience the life Jesus came to give you, was, his, was abundant life. That's what he came for. That, that, that's why he sent the Holy Spirit to us, so we could walk in power and we could see, see things that, that we couldn't see without him. And we just need, we just, listen, as I'm telling you, I, <clears throat> if I'm honest, even when I st- first started studying, I still had some of that, okay, God, what are you going to do? And I just knew, I, I, I just felt like the Lord just said, listen, you just speak the word. Because I had my own concerns, and if, <clears throat> you know, as a pastor, you, you want to make sure that you're trying to help everybody where they're at and, you know, not freak anybody out, but not also make things less than what they are. You don't want to compromise anything. But I just have this real sense of peace that what the Holy Spirit's going to do is going to be very peaceful and very uh, life-changing for us individually. And that, <clears throat> that is, if, we just, oh, if, we just, if we just begin to, even things like this, like I did this the other day. I'm driving in my truck. And I've told you this sometimes, I do this before, but I buckled the the seat of the, pa- of the passenger seat, just as an awareness that the Holy Spirit is with me. He doesn't need a seatbelt, I know. But it was something for me that's like, I'm recognizing there's someone else here. And you know, I could actually have conversations. I didn't hear like, hey, Scott, man, nice truck. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> but I tell you, there was something in me that just had a peace. And there were certain things I was like, Lord, I just, Lord, I, I Holy Spirit, I, I need you. There's some things that I, I just want to I want to learn. I want I want to grow in this area. Will you help me? If that's what he's here to do, then guess what his answer is? I don't have to hear it audible. It's in the word. He's the helper. Have you ever had somebody wanted to help you, but you wouldn't let them? We do that. Sometimes we do that with the Holy Spirit. We just get so busy. And then we're just like, man, it's not working. Uh, I can help you. Just let me know if you want some help. And the Holy Spirit's the one that says this, I can help you. The Holy Spirit has great things for you. And if you're nervous about that, can I just tell you, the person you're nervous about has been guiding you since you gave your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit you're nervous about has been with you, has hung out with you from day one. There's no need to be nervous. He's going to take care of you. He's going to see that life is good for you. He's going to talk to you. He's going to help you. He's going to comfort you. Because that's who he is. That's why God sent him. So let's just open our hearts up to understand the Holy Spirit is a person, but he's God. We want all of God.